welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. We have now reached 20 episodes and on our 20th episode, we have Carson V. Heady, Director of Sales of Health Solutions at Microsoft. Carson is a best-selling author, eight-time CEO award winner, best-selling author of Salesman on Fire and the Birth of a Salesman. I actually appeared in December on one of his. He does a lot of video content on the Careers Network and on his LinkedIn feed. Thank you, Carson, for coming on the show. Welcome to the show. Charlotte, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, And I want to say a personal thank you to you because your interview was one of the first interviews that I gave, one of the first public appearances that I made talking about sales. It was quite nerve wracking. I actually didn't prepare for it, but it's opened the door for me to many opportunities. I've since been on about three or four podcasts now being interviewed. So I want to say thank you very much for giving me that opportunity. That's amazing. Um, I, I absolutely love that story. And I would never have been able to tell that you didn't prepare because you were <laughs> on fire. And, and I think that's what I love most about our conversation was you're very passionate about your craft. And I think that's important if you want to excel at selling is be passionate about the craft. Absolutely. And that's something that you really are as well. You talk about, a lot about, I wanted to dive into this genuine empathy. I think you were speaking on, I think it was Luigi Prestonenzi's podcast, Sales IQ Global recently. Shout out to Luigi if you're listening. Um, you talked about standing out with your clients you know, with, the, with the recession coming and you did something to sort of go that extra mile uh, and add value. Do you want to talk us through sort of w- what you did there and how that sort of was game changing for you? Yeah, I love that. And uh, Luigi's great. You know, it's always about doing the things that will stand out and show up differently for customers in a, in a genuine and an authentic way. Um, you know, anybody can send an email. Anybody can send a LinkedIn message or invite. That's why everybody's doing it, right? But it's how you take that, that relationship to the next level, how you truly invest in the relationship, how you show up with value. But when there's uncertain times, and especially in light of a pandemic or an upcoming recession, customers are grappling with things that are completely different than us being able to just show up and talk about our products and services. It isn't that time. It's time to invest in the relationship. And so that was one of the things we were talking about was just using even video or audio in a way that you, know, you could send that via LinkedIn or send that via add-ons into your email, um, but showing up differently with customers in a genuine and authentic way. They can see who you are. And you know these types of scenarios give you the opportunity as a seller to show up and say, hey, I understand that times right now are uncertain. Uh, Just know that we're here to help. There's resources that you're entitled to. There's things that we can do. Um, You know, would love to, uh, you know, be a value or here if you need us type of approach. Or even for the sellers that know their customers very well, uh, if you're calling out their family members and, you know, I, I hope that your your wife or your husband or your, your children are doing well. Uh, I was just thinking about you with everything that's going on. You don't always have to show up selling. And I think that's how when you show up differently, it leaves an impression. That's what you're remembered for. Absolutely. And it is about sort of, as you say, going that extra mile, showing that you're different and showing that you're authentic and that you genuinely care. You know, I think we see today sort of change within the sales world, but a lot of sellers are still sort of just that they're not doing enough, are they, to to be able to authentically engage with their prospects and clients? 
I think that's an astute observation, Charlotte. I think a lot of sellers right now are, you know, they're just, they're kind of grasping. We're in a strange time, you know, we're coming back into getting more prominent face-to-face, but even, you know, the, every face-to-face meeting I've been in in the last several months has had some kind of hybrid component, which is different. Uh, the playing field is different. And I think for some, when they're uncomfortable, uh, they don't, dip into the uncomfort, the discomfort, like you did with the podcast experience. Mm. Um, You know, just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's not a muscle you want to develop. And so I think right now sellers need to focus on what is the lay of the land? Um, You know, what resources that are at our our disposal that weren't before? One of the things that I love doing about a hybrid meeting is that you can have an internal kind of back-channel chat going even when you're sitting in the same room or when you're remote with some of your resources. And so you can huddle while the play is happening. I mean, this is unprecedented. Um, It just makes you more effective. It can keep you from having to schedule a second or a third meeting. Uh, You can get everything achieved in the first meeting or add a resource in real time because you realize you need someone. So know those those attributes. A lot of sellers are grasping right now as far as how do I get the meeting? Um, You know, what do I say? How do I show up differently? And it's all about knowledge and intel. We can all read the statistics that you know buyers are more educated than ever before but they do still need us as sellers so if you show up with genuine value and unique perspective and offer to bring in resources and things of that nature without them having to invest right out of the gate or without coming in and just trying to match solutions without even knowing them at all uh, you give yourself a leg up amazingly Um, it's the very basis of how I've leveraged LinkedIn over the last several years for social selling I was doing this before social selling was even a thing Um, I remember everybody was talking about, oh, you know, Carson, he's just, he's using LinkedIn for his prospecting. I don't know what that means. But then when I started having <laughs> several multi-million dollar deals come out of it, then everybody was wow. paying attention. And it's, yeah. what are you doing differently? I'm focusing on the quality of messaging, how I show up, quantity of outreach. You know, if I reach out to five executives, 10 executives, I may go over the room just like anybody else. But if I reach out to 500 people in an organization, guess what? I can create a a groundswell and I can meet all of the influencers. And so that's what I do differently. And then I do do it consistently over time. You've got to have what like Jeb Blunt calls that sacred prospecting hour every day, every other day. Uh, You got to keep watering your garden. You don't just water it once. Yeah. And, and for someone starting out a salesperson or someone that doesn't come naturally, where would you suggest they start? I mean, is it just research? Is it just diving into a tool, taking an interest? What? Where would you suggest? I love that. It's really um, take a step back and look at the look at the high level um, and then go back to those those three. Right. I'm a big believer in people and process. That's what makes everything hum. Uh, it's about relationships and resources. So like if you're starting a year or you're starting a quarter <laughs> or you're even starting a week, like think about what are the relationships that I'm going to need to achieve what I want to achieve. And it could be, you know, a C level. Um, it could be different lines of business, but write those down. You know, who are the relationships that I need that I need? But sometimes you can't just get those influencer relationships. You have to get their influencers. So the influencers of influencers. There's, you know, VPs, there's directors that might uh, surround and be kind of in that circle of influence. So carve out for every five, 10 relationships that you think you need in order to get done what you need to get done, you might need 30 to 50 targets in order to get into that circle of influence. So think big picture in that regard. Then get really crisp on your messaging. What are you going to say? What are you going to show up with? What sets you apart? 
See, I, I'm a big believer. I, I read a lot too. So Pat Tenney uh, writes some phenomenal books on negotiation and selling. And one of the things that he really uh, digs in on is uh, doing a SWOT analysis of your competition. Um, obviously, your competition is likely in place. Uh, your customer is either doing something with a competitor or they're doing nothing at all and don't see a need in the area that you're trying to meet them where they are, right? So uh, doing a SWOT analysis of the competition, understanding where they are weak and you are strong, these are the types of things that might get you into the door, into the game, or understanding, uh, you know, stories of what, you know, how you've transformed with or uh, done effective work with someone of that customer's ilk. So if I'm able to tell a story and articulate, hey, these are some of the types of things that we're doing right now or things that we're learning uh, from your you know, customers like you, um, does this resonate? Would you like to see more of this? You know, uh, Things of that nature that can get on their, their roadmap. And lastly, I would say um, you know, when you're trying to do that, it's it's key to that's why it's so important to build a groundswell because it only takes a couple of these influencers to talk to you before now you're adding real value because you're at the pulse of their organization see when you meet with that when you finally get that cio meeting i remember once upon a time i did a lot of prospecting and i had a cio that would not meet with me no matter what i did no matter what i said however i managed to finally get the board and the CEO and the CFO to meet with me. So eventually the CIO had to meet with me. But by that point in time, I knew so much about the organization and what their problems really were and what the CIO was trying to do and what would look like a win to them that I was extremely valuable to them. We got the deal done eventually, but it was slow moving out of the gates. And I think that's what we face. So be very intentional about how you show up, what you show up with, and go after what relationships do I need to get done what I want to get done? Yeah, I think that's such a brilliant tip. And so actually, when you get to that point, you speak to them, the amount of insight and information you have, you're going to be so much better prepared. Um, so yeah, awesome. I, th I think the other thing which is slightly related, which is, you know, what what do you wish when you were starting that someone had told you or you you knew about sales and marketing? And I say sales and marketing, because so many of the things you've talked about you know, many years ago would have lumped within marketing. You know, you've talked about personal branding, you've talked about social and selling, you talked about doing a SWOT analysis. Is there anything that you wish you knew at the beginning? I love that you call that out too, because it's like one of those things, I, marketing and I, we love each other. Uh, we're the perfect blend because we need each other. Um, I evangelize their stuff with the sellers and they arm me with, with the resources I need to do my job well. If I could go back and talk to my younger self or if there was some kind of advice that would have really resonated, it would have been, your network is your net worth. I had a mentor of mine tell me this a couple of years back and put it in those exact words. And I, I think that was actually the first time I had heard it said that way. Uh, maybe it's been said that way for some time, but it really resonated with me. Um, when I was looking for work about 12 years ago, I thought that my prior experience would make me a shoe in for just about anything that I thought I could get that was comparable pay. And I was dead wrong. Um, every role that I've been pulled in since has been because of a relationship. But that role that I ended up getting was because I wrote a book. And that's why I'm so big on brand. I spent that year that I was out of work writing. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me writing that book. And every role that I've been in at Microsoft has been because of a relationship that I've been able to form along the way. And I think that's the key element is really be intentional about creating 
authentic relationships, investing in those relationships. Don't just show up when you want something, um, but always see what, you know, how can I serve others? How can I serve these folks? How can I provide? It could be just providing quality content, just be a value to other people. And then um, the other piece is being intentional about your brand. What do you stand for? What do you want to be known for? You know, years ago when when I published my first book, uh, my publisher told me, um, you know, go out and create all these social accounts. I didn't know anything about Twitter or you know, I don't even think, you know, Instagram wasn't a thing. I didn't have a company page on LinkedIn or Facebook or anything like that. But I went out and created these and just started following people that were interested in what I wanted to be, what I was aspiring to be. And I created real relationships. It's amazing now looking back because I get to talk to people all over the world every day about things that I love, like sales and leadership. It's a dream, but it didn't happen overnight. Be intentional about your brand and be intentional about your network. I love it. And your network is your net worth. Um, I really like that. It's really, yeah, that's great. never heard that before. Um, you, so we talked about sort of what you wish you knew in sales and marketing before you started out. Now looking to the future, Carson, what do you think is going to have the biggest impact on sales for the future? Yeah, I love that question. Um, you know what's amazing to me, and you you know you guys notice this too. It's in in light of the pandemic, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, especially Mike Weinberg, because um, he's got a great sales management podcast. He's also right here in St. Louis, where I live, and uh, great guy. And um, he, they talk a lot on his podcast about um, just the the flooding of LinkedIn and email with you know some of these different you know, like just all of the messages and. I was talking to a, a C-level contact who's a friend of mine recently. I mean, they get a thousand messages a month uh, just from different salespeople. And so I think we'll continue to get better and better tools because of data and AI and analytics. You know, it's amazing to me. I started off, I've, I've been in environments where we were cold calling off of Excel spreadsheets using a telephone. And now, you know, everything is so sophisticated. Every call can be recorded. You can go back and, you know, search for the, the key words. I think the, the sophistication is going to continue to get better, but with great tools come great responsibility. That means we have to be even more professional as sellers. It's what I like to call the noble knights of the selling game. It is a very uh, regal profession. But there's a lot of responsibility that comes along with it so that you can, um, you know, stay away from some of the stigmas that come around the words sales or prospecting. Um, if you truly wear it as an honorable badge, uh, you can shine. But I think that there's going to be more and more tools and things that are probably going to be misused because it's the easy path. But yeah. I relish that because it's going to give sellers like us more of an ability to shine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're saying here that sophistication is going to get better. You know, salespeople are going to have to stand out even more and differentiate themselves from bots. Completely. And that's happening now. Uh, you know, there's so much automation. And look, I'm not I'm not saying automation is bad, but when it's the only thing you're using and there's no personal element behind your messaging, like, what are you doing? Um, I, I think that's the key is there is going to continue to be more and more of a need to have authenticity and infuse your genuine self into what you're doing. And if you don't do that, you will not be successful. And I, I think the, the challenge is that 
maybe somebody found some false hope based on some of these approaches before so that they, you know, they like double down on them. Um, and that's part of the problem is it becomes so easy for people to reach out that they're just reaching out left and right. But um, I think that's what makes all the old fundamentals, the tried and true uh, investments in people and process all the more important. Yeah. yeah. But perhaps we'll have to worry when the bots can start bringing genuine empathy. <laughs> Yeah, when, <laughs> that's true. Or whenever we have, uh, you know, holographic versions of ourselves that can yeah. be replicated and go out and meet with customers, <laughs> then we're in trouble. Absolutely. What do you think, sort of now posing question, uh, Carson, we've talked about what you think the biggest impact is going to have on sales for the future, but what do you think should stop in sales and in marketing tomorrow if it was down to you? What should stop? Um, you know, I, I go back to just the incessant flooding of inboxes. I, I can't quite wrap my head around it. I'm not sure how or why people think it's effective. Um, because I think that's the key. There's just there's so much noise out there. And it, it almost makes it all the more challenging for the honorable sellers to create genuine relationships. And I think it makes customers sometimes once bitten twice shy i've talked to customers before that you know they've been burned in situations with other organizations that are competitors of ours and it makes them it makes them reluctant uh to you know go down certain paths with us as a result and you know i think we're always going to be building and bolstering trust um you know certainly we can stand out as as good genuine partners when we run into that uh, type of scenario. So, um, you know, I think a, a good, a great seller, uh, a good organization can overcome those types of hurdles. But I just, I feel like that's what has to stop is just the, you know, the, the lack of thought um, or intentionality that goes into creating the types of relationships that we really want to create. So I'm really fortunate because I, I grew up in sales in a one call close boiler room call center type of an environment and i'm glad i did because i was able to really compare and contrast that with enterprise caliber selling and uh, it is all about the relationship so if you're not doing something that creates or nurtures a relationship it's got to stop and i relate to that entirely with the boiler room started out in sales telesales and was making like two three hundred dials a day yeah. scoreboards how many dials have you made how many voicemails did you get um uh -huh. it, it's a great way to start because it's you know nine out of ten people are just not attracted to that kind of work um it's hard there's a lot of rejection so it sort of it it, it lays the foundation doesn't it to constantly you're constantly being rejected so you know that you constantly have to do something better you constantly have to be a b testing when it comes to cold calling when it comes to sending emails and, and and how you go about sort of creating and nurturing that relationship as you say yeah well said um yeah i, I thought i wanted to be the wolf of wall street i was getting up every morning in front of <laughs> 200 salespeople giving sales speeches and getting standing ovations and i thought it was like the apex of my career and I, i'm so glad i was wrong um you know now to to get to have international calls every day with sellers and customers uh you know just beyond my wildest dreams so yeah i think that's the key for all sellers is whatever you're doing right now charlotte you just said it it can always get better we can always get better we can always be learning so always be on that quest for learning it could be podcasts books talking to colleagues your aspirational mentors whatever it is like just always seek uh getting better great advice there for our listeners and before we jump because 
we our episodes are short and there's so much more that that I could dive into here from from your book and from some of your experiences but before we sort of finish the show we always ask is there a burning topic that you want to talk about or a practical tip takeaway tip that you have for the audience that you haven't already mentioned Carson yeah I love that um we dived into some great things today you both asked tremendous questions um you know I think what's burning for me and I actually did a did a video on this recently because I, I read it on one of Larry Levine's like daily motivational tips it was do the things that others won't do. Uh, that really stuck out with me because that's the way I've banked my entire career. People have told me, don't do this, don't chase that, you can't close this deal, there's no sense in going after that. And I always have done it, always there on the side of customers and people and getting your team paid and delivering wins for everybody you touch. Because if you do that, you'll win every time. I've never worried about a result a day in my life. And uh, I've never missed quota, but one time, and I could tell you a whole story about that if you want to hear it. Um, but yeah, I think the thing is, is just focus on relationships, resources, always learning, always growing, and do the things that others won't do. That's what's going to help you stand out. And that's what's going to help you stand out amidst all the, the noise that I think we really fully uh, dove into today. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. Thank Great. you so much. Thanks so much for coming on, Carson. And as ever, you can leave us a review and give us a rating. Let us know what you want to hear or maybe don't want to hear. Give us some feedback and we'll see you on the next show.